The gospel lesson today comes from the gospel of Matthew, in the 13th chapter, starting in the first verse. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked them out. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Then the disciples came and asked him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even when they, what they have will be taken away. The reason I speak to them in parables is that seeing they do not perceive, and hearing they do not listen, nor do they understand. With them indeed is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah that says, You will indeed listen, but never understand. You will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing. And they have shut their eyes. So may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears, understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it. To hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what was sown on the path. As for what was sown on the rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. So this morning, I'd like you to take just a moment and ponder on a question. What is faith? Is faith saying there is a God? Is faith knowing that there is an all-powerful being who created everything we know by simply speaking it into existence? Or is faith more than that? Faith in Jesus Christ is more than acknowledging who God is and what he has done, although this is certainly part of it. Faith is more than knowing that Jesus went to the cross to redeem us. And is more than knowing the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Faith is much more than bearing wisdom. 
we can have knowledge about any number of things. We can reason that there is a God and that the historical accounts of Jesus Christ are accurate. But faith is about our entire lives being fully reliant and obedient to our Creator and Redeemer. Faith is being grounded in God's Word, realizing that it reveals our loving God who created us and then redeemed us through Jesus Christ. Faith is realizing that God is here and now through the Holy Spirit throughout the Church of Christ. Faith is receiving beyond just head knowledge that God's grace and mercy are greater than we can ever grasp. Faith is trust. Trusting in God's grace despite the fact that we do not deserve it. Knowing full well that we deserve death because of our sins. But trusting that our God loves us despite this. In these terms, It can come across that faith is something hard to reach and attain. Or it is complicated. Maybe it's something we can get better at or improve upon. Or maybe we compare our faith to others. Man, look at his faith. I bet he never struggles. Or I bet she never has doubts or fears or questions. But this is not what faith is about. Despite what we sometimes think, faith is not complicated. We certainly try to complicate it, but it is really quite simple. This text text challenges us to see this very truth. This passage can be divided visually into two distinct parts. Jesus teaching the crowds through the parable of the sower, and then Jesus further instructing the disciples beyond the face value of the parable he just told. But I strongly contend that we don't do that here. And rather hear the overall connected thought that Jesus has strung through this passage. As you most likely already know, there is always more to a parable than Jesus simply telling a story. And he uses everyday imagery that his audience would be able to connect to. So take a moment and let's picture the imagery that Jesus uses in this parable. You can close your eyes if you want to or you can look at the screen as it goes by. But you can imagine a path, gravelly and hard-packed. It crunches under your feet, but it's unyielding. Or walking on loose rocks that move under your feet, making your walk unstable. And if anyone here has ever worked around a pyrocanthus shrub... You really don't need help picturing the thorns choking a seedling. Now, let's think of the fertile field. With rich soil, black and soft and abundant. Green vines, grass and leaves as far as you can see. So we see the rocky path, the rocks, the thorns and the fertile soil. And here is what we know of the imagery And what it represents. The seed is the word of God. The sower is Jesus himself. The soil. Our hearts as we hear the word of God. And just like our hearts, the seeds do. They respond differently in varied environments and soils. In three out of the four soils, the seeds are lost. In one, it is picked up before it can sprout. In another, it sprouts 
but only to wither away because the roots can't take hold. And yet another, the seeds sprout only to be choked out by the sun. I'm sorry, by the thorns. Many of the seeds are lost, but not all. The seeds in the forest soil not only live, they thrive. They multiply, grow, and harvest in abundance. The sower is Jesus Christ himself in word and in message. But it can be overwhelming for us to consider the differences in the soils. And we can easily get caught up in worrying about the harvest between the seeds sown and the different soils. And our culture and society doesn't help in that it has taught us that results matter. Numbers matter. Show me the data. What is our progress plan? How do we plan, process, predict, produce, and measure our results? By our nature, we desire to move everything along, to move to the next thing. We want to grow, and we want to do it quickly. However, in this instance, this is not what we were called to do. Not that any of those things are inherently wrong, but is not what we were called to do in this respect. But here is the simple truth. The harvest is not up to us. Jesus Christ is the one in whom we trust for the results of the harvest. So we trust and we receive and share what we have received in the seed of God's word. Jesus sows the seed. He provides the water and we seek to supply a place that has fertile soil to receive that that seed. Our vision and mission of faith is not to provide measurable data as to how we are producing the harvest for the kingdom. Our vision and mission of faith is to create the type of soil where God's word is sown far and wide, truthfully and with love. Where the good news of Jesus Christ is sown into the hearts of all people. Where it is cared for, watered, nourished. The type of soil where people are to grow in their relationship with Christ, where we support and encourage all people to encounter the truth of Jesus Christ despite our collective brokenness. This is the task of the church, and you are the church. We are all called to spread God's word and rely on his faithfulness, which has been apparent throughout scripture and time. To have faith that God will reap a bountiful harvest, that God will provide for us as we are nourished by his word. This calling is certainly not easy, but it is simple. Now, I'm not trying to call anyone out here, but who here has ever made a big mistake that could have been avoided if they had simply followed the advice that had been given to them? I'll go first. All my high school teachers are collectively shaking their heads right now. Take, for example, when you're 14 and you're in auto shop class and you're cutting off an old exhaust on your car without eye protection. Immediately after your shop teacher told you to put said eye protection on. Anyone who knew me growing up knew this was my standard operating procedure. This was, for those in the military, this was my SOP. A simple situation was made much more complicated because I chose not to listen to what was being said. If we are supposed to listen to anyone, it's probably smart to listen to what the shop teacher says, right? 
But just because, teacher, my, because my teacher told me so, didn't mean I always listened to his wisdom, obviously. And Jesus knows the same thing about our hearts. That people don't always respond to hearing his word. Just because Jesus is the living word of God doesn't mean people respond to him automatically. Truly listening and grasping the word of God is a matter of the heart within the hearer. It is not just head knowledge. It's a matter of the soil as Jesus would explain to his disciples and the crowds that would gather around him. So let's take some time together. Let's expand on what Jesus was focusing on here. As we know, Jesus had been traveling around, performing miracles, healing people, speaking truth to groups both big and small, casting out demons, and challenging the lives of the people he came across. Where we pick up today, Jesus was by the sea speaking to a large crowd. Jesus begins with this parable, which is a story that Jesus uses to illustrate a powerful point. And as we know, Jesus spoke in parables because it was a way to help people understand how God views the world and the people in it. A glimpse of the kingdom of heaven. And we know that he uses imagery that was easy for the people to grasp. And where we are going to see in this parable today is how God calls us to listen and to grasp onto the word of the Lord. One of the first things we notice about these verses is that they're all about agriculture. Jesus spoke about planting seeds, watching them grow, producing a crop, and harvesting. And I don't know about you, but I was not born with a green thumb. And all my life, I've only been able to keep one plant alive, and I'm only on year two. But back then, everyone would have known about basic Palestinian farming practices, which is exactly why Jesus chose something like farming to get his point across. He knew that this would get their attention, that they would be able to relate to what he was saying. And so now, with their eyes on Jesus, he began to specify four different types of soil on which the sower would throw the seeds. The sower threw seed on the path on the rocks, the thorns, and thistles, and eventually, good soil. And again, the crowd would understand these natural factors of farming, the hazards that would cause damage to a crop. So quickly after Jesus finished his teaching, the disciples were like, Jesus, this is awesome, but what does it mean? And so he responded with what we read earlier in verses 10 through 17. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because seeing, they do not see, and hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. And you will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart in turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. 
For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. See, what Jesus was doing here was reminding his disciples of the gift that they had already been given through his word. Disciples and the people received parables as a revelatory gift of God's grace, an understanding of the kingdom of God both then and to come. So in verses 18 through 23, he continues to explain what the parable means. Hear then the parable of the sower. When someone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, another sixty, and another thirty. So immediately we begin to see the picture that Jesus was painting for the in the parable and for the disciples and the people. The seed is the word of God, but that's not the focus of what he wants us to understand this parable. It's about the soil. If the seed is God's word and Jesus is the sower, then the soil is the heart of the people who hear God's word, including us. How we react to the seed is our response to hearing the word of God. The seeds on the path could really be described as those who listen to God's word, but it goes in one ear and out the other, and nothing really ever sticks. This may sometimes be us, or our friends, or family, or acquaintances who want nothing to ever do with the word of God or Christianity outside of these walls. Or those who outright reject God's word when they hear it. The seeds in the rocky soil start out so promising, sprouting quickly. But eventually, they realize there is no root or base. So when anything hard comes, like pressure, anxiety, or struggles, they fall away. I always warn my youth when we go on mission trips or camps, and when we come home from camps or trips, there's a honeymoon phase. You just had a great week growing with God, making friends, serving, and learning. But what happens when you get home? So I always warn them to stay nourished by the word and in prayer. Because as soon as some type of stress occurs, we fall away, we question what we've heard, and our foundation begins to look like sand. I'm sure at some point in your life you can relate as well. Or maybe you can relate when we start to get questioned about what we believe. And cool could just go with what the crowd is saying because it's easier than trying to fight it. Or go against the grain. This is like the seeds in the thorny soil. They fight for life. It has its root in God, but it fights to thrive among all the things life throws its way. They know the word of God, but can't shake the worries of failing. The need to reach status, a certain career, or a position. When our hearts 
are in this type of soil. We think life satisfaction doesn't come from God, but from the things around us. And we cannot see past these things. And our, world, our worth will ultimately come from the world around us rather than from God. So as we turn to the seeds in the good soil, these are those who listen to the word of God with good and honest hearts who know trials and suffering will come, but retain it and persevere through it, sharing the word of God with others and how God is working in their lives, relying by faith in God's steadfast faithfulness. These are the people who not only know about God, have the knowledge, but truly know and follow God. They walk with him in a relationship, seek him, rely on him, and allow him to lead in all aspects of their lives. One of the things I love about Jesus using the framework of farming for this parable is that Jesus understood that farming is a process. It's a long and often grueling process. Anyone who has ever planted a garden or knows a farmer knows Nothing will ever grow overnight. It takes time. It takes time to bear fruit. It takes time even for the thorns to grow. And even to know the lack of a root in plants to become seen. The response to God's word is a process. But as we know, only one soil met will meet the goal of the process. What does that look like? What will our hearts be like when we receive God's word and respond with faith? I love the example seen in Luke 8. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under bed, but puts it on a stand. So that those who enter may see the light, for nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care, then, how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And to the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. What Jesus is saying here is that those who receive the word are responsible for sharing God's truth. God did not light your lamp and provide you light so that it would stay hidden. He lit it so you could be a bearer of his word and image. Our light doesn't shine so people will be attracted to us. It shines so people will be attracted to the light of Christ. But just like the disciples, we may also ask, what does this mean? And more specifically, what does this mean for us today? I think we must truthfully ask ourselves, what is the condition of my soil? What is the condition of my heart? Do we just show up to church to say we went or because we were forced to go? Are we solely living off of one mountaintop experience to the next and crashing during the in-between times, never allowing God into the hard places of our lives? Or are we so caught up in what is happening around us and in the world that God is put in a backseat to the things that we want and think will give us satisfaction rather than going after his desires for us? Or do we actively listen, meditate on and receive and hold on to the word of God in the valleys and on the mountaintops that life brings? And just like what Jesus wants to show us in these verses, we can't just listen to God's word. 
We have to hold on to it. We have to let it change us. We have to apply our lives to God's word. And we have to show others the truth that God has for them. So ask yourself this question today. What is the condition of my soil? I hope you can relate that I stress about the soil as well. What type of soil is my heart? Or more likely, what type of soil is my heart this week, this morning, this last hour? Am I to be picked off by the enemy or my temptations? Or am I going to bake in the sun because I haven't trusted Jesus enough? Am I so worried about the results and world around me? Have I forgotten that Jesus is already victorious? So I let the worries of this world strangle my faith. We worry about what type of soil we are. And if we are doing enough to be in a place of fertile soil, so God's word can take root in us. But do you all remember what we did collectively at the beginning of this service after the Psalm 65 reading? We confessed our sins. And then we heard this. All your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Period. That's it. We like to complicate things and think they are harder than they really are. But it is simple. And this is faith. Amen.